You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another special edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, English edition. I'm Miranda Morales here, and yes, we have made it to the end of the year, and also, we are going to announce the winners of our 2020 End of Year Awards. But before we do that, I got to introduce my co-host, introducing first the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy, and joining him, well, is our facts man. Who? Well, that's Mr. Brendan Barr. Dusty, Brendan, yes, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. Great. Yeah, Yeah. we're both doing great. It's in stereo. (laughs) It's colder this time, so I'm warming up. Yeah, yeah, I got my my long underwear on. Yes, yes. I have my cape, so, you know. (laughs) I love that. Yes, show the luchadors. That is the coolest Yeah, this is the luchadors. We have this is oh so this is the the female one that yeah they had. The, the Black Widow thing yeah Black Panther on there too I and saw. then you have your Iron Man so that's a good point we may not see more yeah on there, but it uh, I'm very excited I get to show off my uh, Marvel Lucha Libre uh, top cape cape let. <laughs> Yes, I feel yes. very passionable. I wish I could I could show more, uh, but I'm stuck in this chair and yes, limited by where my cards or, or my cords take me. So, uh, yes, we we are here again. Uh, thank you so much to our listeners and viewers because this episode, like our last, is being recorded through video and audio, so that way you get to see these faces, see the money makers, and um, yeah, I mean. Last last week, we went through our uh, six categories for our Lucha Central Weekly Podcast yes, English Edition end-of-year awards. And now this week, we have the results. We are going to be telling you our third, second, and first place in each category. So that, too, will be very fun, not only to tell you the winners, but also who was just slightly behind. But before we do that... Uh, Dusty, you have some WWE news to to share. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, it's just kind of been bubbling under the last several days, you know, that USA at large is unhappy with the way that WWE Raw and things are going for WWE on USA and that they want a more adult product. And immediately people's minds went to the 90s, to the Attitude Era, that kind of adult. But Because you hear wrestling and adult, but that turns out they wanted like a more dramatic and violent product, something more like Sons of Anarchy or something, you know, tied to wrestling. And you can't help but wonder if we already saw signs of that with the raw dark in the last hour earlier this summer, you know, if they weren't trying to appeal to a more adult audience. Um, COVID unfortunately dashed the likelihood of something like raw dark happening in the near future. 
But it's sure interesting to see what's going to happen in WWE with all of this. I think if they, I don't know, part of the problem was bringing in television writers. Vince wanted to beat friends on SmackDown, and they had TV writers, so he brought in TV writers. And so I don't know. You need That's writers. Not how you do that? That's not yeah. how that works, Vince. That's not how that works. You know, oh but that's there's an E in WWE. That I, there's much more of a mm-hmm. focus on entertainment now. Um, so maybe that's where his mind is is going. Though I, I don't agree it with it. I, I believe that he should have writers and staff that understand the wrestling product. Absolutely. And I think fans are are going to follow. I think that there's been a, a really long history of of WWE bringing on different types of entertainment writers and um, it's just shown in the product that they don't necessarily understand some of the dynamics of wrestling. And uh, granted, I think WWE in particular, but wrestling has elements of all our favorite forms of entertainment. It, does. it, it yeah. can have forms of comedy and, and romance and humor and drama, but that's just because you're invested in the characters and, and the stories, you know, and, and that's what, what good writing should be about. And so Absolutely. I just feel like there's not a lot of good writing for characters. If WWE or sorry, if USA wants to bring a good entertainment driven wrestling product, they need to go out and buy the rights to Lucha Underground. That's what they should oh. do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a, Dang. A, a big part of the problem for both USA and WWE is shareholders. They are publicly controlled yeah. by their uh, USA, you know, under the Universal Corporation, WWE on its own. And so when shareholders have a question like, what is going on? You know, what are you going to do to correct this downturn in viewers? We hired some of the best Hollywood writers. We brought them to Stanford. They're cranking out scripts for Raw as we speak. It and sounds I'm good. them up as fast as I can. Yeah. yeah. But it <laughs> sounds good to investors. It, yeah. No, it's and, true. And it's, it looks good on paper to have it's these true. people. And they were absolutely like as strange as it sounds trying to compete with friends at one time i bet a lot oh, of us i'm sure you guys remember yes. that why watch friends when you can watch enemies do you remember that's, that? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's, that's why I, I said, that's why i said that for that particular scenario is you can't go after the king of the mountain you cannot uh, by by hiring people that do the same thing only mm-hmm. Are already doing it right. Like right. you hire, if you want to compete with friends, you hire the guy, the the writers from Friends is instead of just r- other random television writers. Yeah. That's absolutely. Well, and they've lost <laughs> sight of a lot of the wrestling product. I mean. We we talk about how bad WCW was in the final days, and I've been rewatching the last couple of years, and like, I mean, have you seen WWE lately? Yeah, no, I, and I get I get the same. <gasps> No, that, I, I think that's it. the point, though. No, I haven't in yeah. some ways, just because it's too <laughs> hard to watch. Like, I, it's too yeah. exhausting. It's too much it of a is. chore. It is. It's exhausting. And and you you spend three hours on Monday or two hours on Friday to watch ten good minutes. And yeah. no matter which show it is, it's ten good minutes. You get SmackDown, you get Raw, and they're not even driving. Like the TV things are paid for. What they're aiming for now is like YouTube views and stuff. Mm. That's why we saw the Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio family feud stretched out so long. It got crazy views on YouTube, and you know, so like it's really affecting the WWE product because shareholders. 
Yeah. And they just have to have it. But whereas somebody like AEW, they only report to TNT and, you know, Tony Khan owns everything. Nobody else has a piece of it. He doesn't have to explain himself to anybody. Right. And, and we TNT see. Seems to be satisfied with the ratings. Like absolutely. they obviously are going to ask for, can you do better? But the, the bar they've set. Yeah. 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 But but they continually they've hovered around a million viewers lately. Uh a couple weeks ago the Dynamite beat all three hours of Raw, you know, like any one hour of Dynamite beat all three hours of Raw. Yeah. And it's they've really come along and you can see it's because they have that personal connection to everything and they gave things the time to develop instead of this isn't working, people aren't watching, we've got shareholders to report to, come on. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and I mean, so I don't want to want us to sound like we're being very super biased against WWE. A lot of stuff wasn't working on AEW. Yeah, but right. The, the For a people long time. but the people they seem to be more interested in reporting to are the fans that are taking the time to say this isn't working for me and this is why. So those you know, and and I respect that more. So that. I just want to I want to make sure because this is a big thing yeah. on the internet. We are not well, like think, AEW marks here. We just No, I yeah. just I think there's also a difference in just who like you said who the company seems to have a more of a vested interest in. And I think for WWE it's fair because it's a publicly traded company. They have mm-hmm. lots of divisions, lots of investors, lots of corporate partners Absolutely. and so they do have to think more about it than just wrestling fans they they are truly thinking thinking about it from a business perspective yeah. but i feel like for fans that's still a, a big shift for us from say the wwf of even the 90s is Absolutely. that they used to seem to care more about fans and they cared they about uh you know investors well at that point they weren't a publicly traded company yeah so yeah that's so, a big shift mm-hmm. once they went publicly traded they had to worry about that board well, now they're they're almost too big to fail now too and they know it and they just stopped caring they have the the deepest roster, the best roster that any wrestling company has ever had in the history of the world, and they still can't do what AEW has been able to do in like 15 months. You know, I mean, it blows my mind that they have that kind of talent. They're able to satisfy their investors on all kinds of diversity, but they don't do anything with it, and it's so disappointing. Yeah, I think that that's the challenge is that they have truly some of the most talented, the the deepest and most talented wrestlers in the entire world and in, i think inarguably that, yeah. yeah and they don't spread it out enough where you see that on a weekly basis you know no that I mean, you don't absolutely not and so i feel like that i mean we've talked about it constantly even on last week's episode about you know lucha libre representation um absolutely. and that is one thing that even though the lucha representation in aew was very small you look at how visceral it is if you're looking for a more violent, darker product, you know, AEW has that with the Lucha Bros, has that with their matches. So I feel like those types of those nuances with their talent and how do they utilize them 
again, and, and I think it's just WWE has all the tools in the world. It's not that they don't have the tools and they can't. No, they have them. the quality and the quantity, but they just can't. It's just, yeah. So can't I think that's, that's where the frustration comes in is that it's not like it's a struggle bus of, you know, that they don't have talent. They don't have money. They don't have time. They don't have TV, all of that. They have everything. It just yeah, feels absolutely. like it's more of a conscious choice of what right. they decide to do. Yeah. And that's what gets frustrating. So, and you I know, will remind people again, they had agents on Twitter whose replies to people saying they didn't like the product saying it doesn't matter. You're going to tune in anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yep. that's, and that's, that's how they feel. Exemplifies yeah. the mentality, which uh, exacerbates the frustration, right? Like yeah. I, we want it to be better. We, none of us are hating on WWE because we want it to fail. We're hating mm-hmm. on it because we tune every week or at least do the listen to the results and say, why isn't this better? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, yeah. this is something I want to, to spend my time with and you won't give me a good enough product that I, I feel like it's a good use of my time. Absolutely. Agreed. Well, listeners, we, we always have to give you the news because this is the, <laughs> the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, uh, English edition. So you know you're always going to get some news uh, from uh, Lucha Libre promotions and, and Lucha Door related promotions mm-hmm. and, uh, and and wrestlers. Uh, so you know we had to start off the show like that. But we're not going to keep you in suspense very much longer. I, I, I do want to uh, mention that we are doing this ahead of time. So there will be some things that we aren't able to, to cover for you on this show like we normally would. Uh, the CMLL Christmas show will have happened. We will have results for that. Yes, afterwards. On, mm-hmm. uh, after we catch back up to our live broadcast, but we are filming a little ahead of time so that we can take some time off. Too. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> Phoenix versus Kenny Omega at the uh, AEW yes. Holiday Bash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like gotta, yeah. You know, so there's a lot we'll catch everybody up on when we resume current yeah. shows again. <laughs> yeah. But that's why you stay tuned, so you can yeah. listen uh, to the results and our uh, our feedback, our opinions, our thoughts. But also, we do bring you that Lucha news. So, as Dusty and Brendan mentioned, we are recording a little bit ahead of time. Uh, but also, you know, it's a way to celebrate the year. We've uh, In our previous episode, we gave you our nominees for our six categories uh, for our end-of-year awards. And we're going to review all of that again, so don't you worry if you missed out on that. However, we think it'd be pretty beneficial if you listen to the first episode or last week's episode uh, of this two-parter uh, podcast. So go yeah, ahead. You to can be find continued. It. To be continued, yes. <laughs> like so you back can to the find future, that. too. <laughs> Is that no? It wasn't the first one. Was the better one? I just, you know, there's always there's <laughs> always those thoughts on this on the sequels that are better than the originals. Yeah. The only three that came to mind is Empire Strikes Back, Spider Man Two, and The Godfather Two. Yes, I, I uh, those are definitely an easy three to agree with. Yeah, absolutely. I don't they know. They are if all better. More are there? Are there? <laughs> I don't, Junior. There, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> See, you know, Kingo. Yes, that's true. Those are those are examples of the sequels being better than the original. So there you go. We always tie it back to to Lucha. But back yes, that's where our brains always, are. That's where our brains <laughs> and yes. our hearts and our hearts and our and our clothes at this. Yeah. Point. <laughs> 
We're all, <laughs> we're all doing a little bit of that lucha repping in, in our clothes today. Oh yeah. So, that's, so six categories. I'll go over them real quick and then we're going to go into our winners. Uh, so as far as the six categories, we had rising star of the year, trios of the year, tag team of the year, luchadora of the year, luchador of the year, and match of the year. So those are our six categories. And up next, well, we're going to go with our first category. We're going to go back to the beginning again. If you didn't watch last week's episode, you didn't know, you know, which one we started off with and those nominees. So we highly recommend that you watch last week's episode. You can find it on Lucha Central's YouTube page, and you can also find it through your favorite podcast streaming platform, iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, Speaker, uh, Google, Anywhere that is streamed, you could probably find it. But we recommend go ahead and check it out. So that way you can hear our thoughts and conversations on all of our nominees. Yeah. Uh, but with the show must go on. We got to do it. So and the banners already changed. So we have to move into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was last week. We got to move on to this week. Move on. Yeah. So again, our nominees for Rising Star of the Year. Uh, first, we had uh, AEW Sammy Guevara. Triple uh, A superstar and also friend of the podcast, Mr. Iguana. Triple A superstar himself, Hijo del Vikingo. WWE's Dominic Mysterio. Uh, NWA and AEW's Thunder Rosa. And NXT's Raquel Gonzalez. So as we are going to do for these categories, we are going to give you the third and second and first place. Also, there will be probably an honorable mention for most of these categories, if not all. So we'll also throw that out there as well. Um, and so for Rising Star of the Year, uh, again, this this category is not necessarily for maybe newer star or someone who's just broken into the business. This is a category in which we all uh, decided and thought of luchadors and luchadoras who had a fantastic 2020, uh, whether their, their trajectory was just climbing, um, their visibility, their talent, their presence, and that we expect to see some great things for them in the future. So our honorable mention for this uh, category is Ehold Ed Vikingo, uh, someone who we saw a lot uh, in AAA and had just had some fantastic matches this year. Our third place winner is Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Second place winner is Mr. Iguana. And our first place winner, our winner of Rising Star of the Year, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. I don't think anybody listening to this is shocked to hear that we voted yeah. Thunder Rosa as the, having the highest trajectory. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and good point, Brendan. So, and I forgot to allude to this <laughs> earlier, but these are voted by us three. So we yeah. picked the nominees. We did this. So this is a separate than what luchasangel.com is doing absolutely. and other podcasts. So we understand that maybe you agree or you disagree, and that's fine. Let us know on absolutely. social media. Get in touch. Get in touch <laughs> with us. We'll give you our contact information at the end of the show, so that way you can let us know through social media if you agree or disagree with these nominations and ultimate winners. But yes, I, I yeah. agree. It's hard to have not selected Thunder Rosa after the year that she's had and only seems like it's go just the beginning for her. Absolutely. Yeah. 
this was one of three uh categories where we all three tied on our first place mm-hmm. vote too. You know, yeah. like she was everybody's first place vote out of the group. Yeah. And I mean she just she can do anything. She's been all over T V this year. I think that her impact will be felt in you know, a huge way. I think that people someday far off in the distant future We'll look back at this and be like, wow, Thunder Rosa, you got to see her wrestle. What was that like? You know, that must have been incredible. And, you know, because we were there. We lived it. Yeah. I was going to say 2020 will be known as the year that the world really got introduced to Thunder Rosa. Absolutely. A hundred, a hundred percent. And again, too, I mean, just her efforts in NWA being, you know, the at this point. Well, also making history. I mean, she was the first Mexican born NWA women's champion. Yeah. Um, the the way that she took that to other independent promotions throughout the U.S. and to one of the biggest stages that the NWA's had in, in quite some time, and that's AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Dusty who mentioned it uh, during the last episode, but before Kenny did it, uh, oh, Thunder Rosa, Rosa did it. did it. Yeah, yep. absolutely. She she was I mean, the cross promotion star ahead of time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah so. I just really I, was. I had that realization as we were talking about. It. I'm like, we we're giving all this credit to, to Kenny Omega, but Thunder Rosa did it first mm-hmm. and and kind of laid the groundwork because that, in retrospect, now it it it's almost like they were trying out what they were going to do, see if the fans would react the same, react well to it. Yeah, with Thunder Rosa, and then when they did, they pulled yeah. the trigger on this Kenny Omega stuff, mm-hmm. which is causing shockwaves everywhere yeah yeah people responded so positively too and there wasn't even a question of well is she gonna drop nwa you know and join AEW? i think there you know after the belt quite there was some questions there for a while but now it's just like how cool look at what thunder rose is doing yeah, you know yeah. and just so cool she's got her own dojo now the dog pound dojo <laughs> she's got her three top stars they were on aw dark last week i mean incredible stuff going on for thunder yep. rosa she, the world is her oyster this year she can really do whatever she wants yeah and and again this is based on trajectory so what we're also yeah what we're going to see next year this is also yes, yeah. going to be a story yeah. next year mm-hmm. and Yep. Yeah, like, cause that's, uh, if, if the vaccine works and COVID opens up, we're gonna see her at her own promotion, Mission mm-hmm. Pro. We're gonna see her on, uh, we're gonna see her probably at NWA events. We're definitely gonna see yeah. her at AEW events. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, even primetime you know, live. You know, uh, well, yeah, and yeah. that's, we do need to throw that back into the mix. Primetime live was also a big part of her exposure. I don't want to undercut the value that they they oh, added by mm-hmm. bringing her onto that show. Um, yeah, and and let's be honest. I mean, the NWA Women's Championship was much more entertaining, and people were more looking at the Women's Championship uh, more than the men's with Nick Aldis. Oh, one hundred percent. So I do feel like not only she just really became the face of the NWA, which again, a Mexican-born luchadora has yes. become the face of the NWA. I love 2020 it. is a weird time. But who would have ever thought that? But that was because of the presence that she put out all over the independent scene and mm-hmm. um and in AEW. Like it just was more of, of a story that I think people gravitated to, and she just built up such a, a fantastic and, and loyal fan base. But also, 
you see just a, a different representation in wrestling, and that I think means a lot. Um, so I, I, I can't, I can't argue Absolutely. at all. I don't think any of us really can argue with with her winning this category. Um, though there was a, some really, you know, great competition. I mean, we do have to talk about our second place winner, Mr. Iguana. We defended the decision last week, yes. so go back and listen to it because I know some people say. You know, we'll say, you know, you guys just voted for him because he's been on, on your show. But again, we listed some pretty fair points last week about now being signed full time to AAA, Absolutely. still wrestling throughout the independence in the U.S. and in Mexico. Um, his placement on consistently being on uh, AAA, both in the Lucha Fighter series, Auto Luchas and Triple Triple Mania. Yeah. So yeah, he, he does have a future with AAA. Yeah, it is very, does. very obvious. So, yeah. and his internet presence is going to continue to grow. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at him as somewhat of the Orange Cassidy of the Lucha Libre world. He is, um, yeah. and, and that's not a bad thing. Some people are going to say that's not a great thing, but, but again, no, it's a, I, yeah, I yeah. mean it the best way when I say mm-hmm. he is absolutely he his work with social media and every, you know like his presence online, his character work is next level. And I mean, it's, it's hard not to vote for him. Anybody that's seen him, like he, my wife says, you know, her favorite luchador is Mr. Iguana. Like Mm -hmm. he just catches your eye. Anybody that's a casual fan, a young fan, he's easy to remember. He appeals to everybody, but he can go hard. He's wrestled in CZW. He knows Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's got that martial arts background and there's so much variety within his own work that it's easy to see him as a star next year, no matter what comes for him. He'll. Take that opportunity. And that's, I would just a little behind the curtain on that. Like we all, nobody said he was the hottest one, but he got, he climbed up to second place because we all saw something in him and, and uh, put, put his name in back into the conversation every time. So yes. Yeah, it's not just because we're friends, it's because he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not my friend, per- I don't want to, you know, then he's going to be like, there's, yeah, Dusty, I was going to say, there's this girl on the internet saying that she's friends with Mr. Iguana, and so. so no, that, you don't that, want Yeska coming for I'll you, Miranda. That is also true. You think Yeska's going to be happy with that? Oh, Nuh-uh. no. <laughs> let me clear the air business. for Yeska. Yeah, it's strictly a, a professional uh, admiration. Uh. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. 
Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Uh, let's jump real quick to, to Sammy Guevara, because that's that's a, a wrestler both of you had voted for uh, in this. And so we're going to let you guys give your thoughts on Sammy Guevara. Uh, he he went from being somebody whose name you might have heard to being somebody whose name you could hear in the main event and take seriously now. Like, his work with the inner circle, I mean, he went from being, like, the young guy to being, like, the focal point in a lot of ways. The jacket thing recently with MJF, like, the most emotional connection. Like, everybody was like, MJF. They were so mad at how he'd done Sammy, our boy Sammy, because we love Sammy. And that emotional connection that he was able to have with people and his – spot and like i said last week the brass ring he has really grabbed it and done the best with it and everything being chased by the golf cart being chased by the horse like sammy is a star he's setting social media on fire his vlog is amazing and next year we're going to see even more of him so yeah for a rising star he's a natural fit so there are two people that were nominated this year sammy being one of them who are kind of total package people. So they, they, he's got a good look. He's mm-hmm. highly athletic. He's super charismatic. Uh, I mean, that is absolutely, that is, it's just inarguable that somebody with that kind of, uh, composure, uh, is going to, is going to do something. And, uh, we're, we're just seeing it. We're seeing it like it's his unescapable gravity on AEW. Like, like absolutely. Dusty pointed out. When they're doing segments with the inner circle, your eye is always drawn to whatever Sammy is doing. And I'm, I mean, I don't want to put this in the air and get people saying, thinking I'm saying he's the same, but that is a thing that I remember very strongly happening with The Rock back in the day. Like when he was with the nation, Absolutely. one of the reasons he got popular is because he was the guy you always looked to. 
and Sammy's so, in that spot, that rock yeah. spot. Yeah. Yep. So, so, uh, I mean, it's just, that is, that's where I, why I wanted to. I, I love that there. analogy because he, he is, he's a total package. He's so, I mean, like nobody should be that good looking, that good of a talker, <laughs> that athletic, and that just, he makes it all look effortless. Everything he does, you know, like he's so. <laughs> perfect in his role that it's hard to i mean like there's nothing to change or complain about or i mean sammy is perfectly formed and that happened this year yeah i do want to mention real quick our honorable mention e holder vikingo um it it was this was a category with a lot of great names uh, uh, who all had fantastic years e holder vikingo is is one of them, um, as, as our honorable mention again, I think because of the fact that we didn't see him as much this year and we talked about that last week, uh, just due to travel and, and shows, I think maybe this would be a different conversation if we saw him more often. But when we did see him, it was special. And I feel like yeah. that is just a testament to, um, the fact that if we only saw him a handful of times this year, if, you know, situations get better and wrestling becomes a lot more active, then we're going to see a lot more of him in 2021. Yeah. yeah. And they've, they've shown us for sure that they want to put him mm-hmm. back on that trajectory. So he had a big presence at uh, Triple Mania. If you didn't hear us talking about that, in previous weeks, you need to go back and check that out too. We have a lot to say about Hijo de Vikingo's position coming out of Triple Mania, but uh, yeah, absolutely why we think he uh, he deserves to be in this conversation. Okay. Yeah. He- well. Uh, a big congratulations to Thunder Rosa, our winner of Rising Star of the Year. Congratulations, indeed. Yeah. Well earned. Yeah. Very well exciting. earned. Very absolutely. well earned. Brendan, you have our next category. I, I do. So next up, we had trios of the year. And last week, I slaughtered the name. So, Miranda, can you just say the name of the first nominees for me, please? Uh, yes. Gientes <laughs> del Aire. Okay. Thank you. Uh, that is the uh, tri- AAA team of Hijo del v- Vikingo, Mr. C's Jr., and Octagon Jr. We also had Death Triangle. From AEW of Penta L Zero M, Ray Phoenix, and the Pack. I started to say the Bastard Pack, but I really, <laughs> yeah. Um, we that also, was my note. <laughs> well, it's also every time they talk about him on AEW, it's it's always the Bastard Pack. It's not yep. the Pack; it's the Bastard mm-hmm. Pack. That's like his uh, name now. And third nominee was Jurassic Express, not Lucha Express. <laughs> I call it a Freudian slip. We just now say Lucha Express, but it's Jurassic every Express. Every yes, every one of us Express. on the show has Express. done it. We all know when we've done it, but it's Jurassic Express. Um, they were our third nominee out of AEW as well, and that is uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. Uh, next, we had Legado del Fantasma out of NXT, and they consist of Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde. And our last nominee was uh, the LIJ faction of Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. And uh, the third place winner uh, was the Jurassic Express. The I mean, yeah, we're going to – I'll just read off all of these, and then we can debate to death whether they go – belong there or not uh the second place winner oh i'm sorry we had an honorable mention that i missed Mm -hmm. death triangle got the honorable mention 
Uh, they did get some notice and some attention. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk, we can talk a bit about why they probably, yeah, yeah, we can talk a bit about that. We talked about that last week as well. Uh, so, so honorable mention was Death Triangle. Third place was Jurassic Express. Second place is Legado del Fantasma. Uh, and our winners, our big winners, if you're paying attention, there's only two choices left. Uh, and uh, the fact that I'm about to say, say it one more time, Miranda. Yes. <laughs> Clientes del aire. There we go. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's just hard to argue. Uh, again, with uh, they're a true trio. They uh, they did some. They had a lot of high profile matches this year. They worked a lot. Uh, I mean, absolutely. A, com- a common thing we found is that with the uniqueness of 2020. We, uh, we had issues where some people we just couldn't get eyes on for a good portion mm-hmm. of the year. And, and it, it's unfortunate that this happened because it does change the results a lot of ways, but we have to go with what we, what we can actually see. And we saw a lot of matches from them and all of them were good. They were, they were incredible. They, they're a next level team. Like I am so impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, I think. Uh, a lot of our conversation last week helped kind of swing my vote in this direction just because of the fact that uh, all three of these luchadors are just fantastic on their own, but there's something else when they're all together. Mm, and I feel so like true. that truly is kind of the a core value of the trios. Um, a lot of times they're built out of three individuals who are great, uh, but when they come together, it's just, you know, something yeah. different. And, and I feel like they define that a lot. Um, and, and even then, it feels like a true trios, even though uh, El, El Hijo de Kingo was out for a, a bit and he's kind of, you know, a rising star. Mr. C's Jr. and Octagon Jr. themselves, too, are, you know, amazing luchadors. And any combination of these in, in the ring um, is something that fans are going to enjoy. So I feel like at the, the core, the strongest trio all three really was uh Hantis that I did. I couldn't agree more for all those reasons. I mean, they mm-hmm. just, I mean, they're, they're also the trios champions. Um, it was last year, but they, you know, they've had a long feud with Poder del Norte and Fraser Salvajes and like, and then the individual way they all broke out this year. These guys are mm-hmm. all future superstars, 2021 mm-hmm. superstars. They, probably won't get to be in the trio scene for long because they're all so good. And so it's very nice to reward them at this moment and understand the magic and the beauty. You always wish you knew the good old days while you were in them. And this is their good old days, you know, like when they were in the trios team and this is, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's incredible to see them and they had such a special 2020. Absolutely. So to the point that you made about them being an authentic trio, uh, I feel like that's why the much more high profile Death Triangle only got its honorable mention. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's just three guys. It's yeah. not as much of a trio. They don't work mm-hmm. together. Or in, I mean, we see the Lucha Bros work together, but it would be a lot different if we saw some others split off of them into the faction. Yeah. yeah, and and we just didn't see Pack enough this year. We Not didn't even see them a lot in matches this year as a trio. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it just, just towards the beginning and the yeah. end now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then, uh, again, I, I spoke a lot on it this last episode, but Legato del Fantasma, who oh, managed to, to get the, they got edged out just a little bit, but they yeah. were the other authentic trio in here. Yes. And they, they were, were the strongest second yeah. place vote in the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, it was pretty unanimous. And again, I think it was just, you know, looking at, um, you know, and, and, and it's different because they're wrestling in the WWE and NXT. So the style of wrestling is a little different, but they are some of the best Lugador ambassadors in WWE. Absolutely. And when you, especially some of the video packaging and imagery that they've been using in NXT mm, has been, uh, yeah. yes, chef's kiss, like a, a great, <laughs> you have yes. a sense of unity and identity with Legado de Fantasma. And uh, it's just been so, so good. And, and, but you're right. You kind of know Santos as the leader and then Raul and Joaquin as the backup. But again, I think, you know, it was talked about last week where, you know, whether it's Santos in a match, Joaquin and, and Raul in a match, Raul in a match, Joaquin in a match, they're always there. You always have a sense of what's looming with them. And so Absolutely. that kind of support outside of the ring, um, is something pretty dangerous for other teams to have to navigate through. But, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with what Brendan said about, you know, out of all the, the rest of the nominees too, uh, this is really another pure trio. They absolutely are. And they've changed a lot of what it means to be a luchador in WWE. And that's mm-hmm. important to acknowledge too, because he has shown you don't have to be flying off of the ropes and doing frog splashes to be a luchador. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's important. We've seen so many. You're either a Rey Mysterio luchador or you're an Eddie Guerrero luchador. That's how WWE sees you every time. And he has changed that completely and turned it upside down. And for that alone, he deserves this Mm -hmm. spot. It's just incredible what he's been able to do in NXT in such a short time. Heritage, tradition, and culture. Yes, I, mean, I believe that's the three he said. But uh, yeah, the three just, three pieces of magic to the max. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what he loads his mask with, and uh, <laughs> but it also is very emblematic of his uh, of the of the Legado de Fantasma stance on lucha libre. They are yeah. they're making sure people are aware that this is not. Uh, a comedy opener. This is not, uh, the, the 24-7 title. This is, these are legitimate wrestlers with heritage, with, with, uh, respect that need to be treated with respect. And, uh, hey. yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, we do, Absolutely. we do need to take a second to talk about our third place winners too. We, uh, yes. The Jurassic Express again. Yes. Not Jurassic the Lucha Express. Express. <laughs> Jurassic. Yeah. Whatever you do to remember things, remember in school, like yeah. you made up these little, you know, yep. words or, or patterns to remember things. Yeah, Jurassic Express. So uh, as we talked, we talked a lot about why they deserve to be here, and also I think we talked a bit about why they weren't necessarily the top one. They are another solid collection of three very good individuals. Um, right. And, and you know, I mean, everybody loves the the. The visual concept of the boy and his dinosaur that is Jungle Boy. Absolutely. I feel they're a stronger (laughs) tag team than they are with Marco as a trio, even though they are a trio. Yeah. Because that pairing is so strong between Mm -hmm. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And, I mean, those guys are, no pun intended, but dynamite. Like, you you love (laughs) to see them. You know, it's fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and, and and they're both talented in their you know separate ways and in some ways they're both really agile they're high flying but they're just you know luchasaurus mm-hmm. is more of that powerhouse and and jungle boy um is kind of uh, more of the agility and speedster uh yeah aspect so the it complements very well um and even like you said last week marco sent in and of itself too he can wrestle um and he has a Absolutely. crazy agility they they just have a, a flow but also a personality between all three of them that's very fun yeah yeah uh, th- so again we we really like them that's why they managed to to climb up into third place but uh when you compare them to a pu- to the two peer trios that that got first and second place they yeah. just step behind um yes. i i look forward to seeing what they do with uh Jurassic Express next year because uh now that Marco's healed up, they can do things towards this building trios faction thing that they seem to be doing. Or you can have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus chasing after the tag team championships. I mean, can you imagine them in there mm-hmm. against any of the tag teams they've got going on? It'd be a great show. Uh, so okay. exciting. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of tag teams, Dusty, you have <laughs> yes. our next category. Yes, our full lineup, all the nominees, just to refresh you. We're Caristico and Mystico, TH2 from A. Oh, Caristico and Mystico are in CMLL, by the way. TH2 from AEW, Lucha Bros from AEW, Miss Disease Jr. and Octagon Jr. from AAA, Andrade and Angel Garza from WWE, and late edition, thanks to Miranda, Eva Lise and Diamante. And so our winners, our third place was TH2 from AEW. Second place was Lucha Bros from AEW. And our first place was Ivelisse and Diamante from AEW. Coming in at the last minute and cashing in the money in the bank. Yeah, and they were our most immediate number one. Like everybody, (laughs) all three of us voted them number one. And it really shows that, I mean, I've said it before on the regular podcast, AEW gets tag team wrestling. They do it right. Like they, they really value it. And this shows the strength of that because every one of our finalists was an AEW. That wrestler. is true. And, but it also shows the, the strength and the confidence that they had in the way they booked Ivelisse and Diamante that we put them ahead of everybody. I mean, yeah. ahead of everyone. They were our favorite tag team this year. Mm-hmm. They won the world tag team cup. Like that's a huge deal. Um, the feud with Thunder Rosa, that involved Diamante off and on, but Ivelisse, we mentioned it last week, Ivelisse really started the revolution in women's wrestling for AEW. Like, that was the beginning of good women's wrestling, was when Ivelisse came in and her and Thunder Rosa started to feud. And so they were just on top of the game. They get it. The yeah. way they work as a team is so much mm-hmm. stronger than any other tag team you see, even somebody like Proud and Powerful that have been together forever and have a similar dynamic and kind of a loose connection there, they don't seem to have the telepathy and the simpatico that Ivelisse and Diamante have where they can work together wordlessly and get it all across instantly. Like, with just a look, they know. I know. But you're right, Dusty, because even then I'm thinking – Damn, do we miss the boat with Proud and Powerful in here too? I know, I, mean, I know, and, and, right. and that's and that's tough because I, well, because we haven't seen them really wrestle as yeah, a tag team tag in quite team some time. Year. But also going Street back to your statement, 
Yeah, I, I still, and exactly that. They're all coming from AEW, and so that is the one Absolutely. thing that AEW was getting right. They are and, the best. They yes. do a marvelous job on tag teams. And I'll tell you kind of just my reasoning behind putting Ibilis and Diamante over the Lucha Brothers, because on the technical side and, and some of the best wrestling matches absolutely came from the Lucha Bros. But sure. I think going back to what we've discussed, too, um, is just more of the presence and meaning of the them impact. as a tag team and the impact um, that they had on the women's division in AEW and winning that uh, tag title cup or the tag cup um, and, and just opening a lot of doors for other women, other tag teams, uh, a great storytelling between them as enemies at first and then bringing them together. Um, you know, it was it was a smart move by AEW because let's talk, let's admit, we thought the whole reason this cup was being put together is to put Brandy uh, and and um, uh, Allie, Allie, Allie over, Allie, yeah. yeah, 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 Brandy and Allie over, and so there was. I know I was fearful of that. I was uh, too deep. Yes, I, yes. I had, a, I had a table ready to flip, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were ready for it. But no, I think it was, so. To me, it was not only the, the great tag team work that they had in the matches, but just the significance of them as a tag team. Um, in AEW. And I also think it's a lot harder because in the men's uh, division, tag team division, there's, you know, a lot of competition. And so I think it makes it a little bit harder when, when you're comparing all of the men's tag teams with this one. It just, it just felt different. It felt more meaningful. And they just yep. took names and kicked ass. And I couldn't, I couldn't be prouder. Are still yeah. mostly doing it. They, they suffered one loss in this whole year or two, two now. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I'm, they I'm they put them in they put them in tag team match match after match and they they've won a ton of them. I have one tiny little dispute with you, Miranda. I don't think that they were the uh, beginning of just the women's division. I think they were the beginning of AEW actually doing really good serious wrestling in the undercard instead of just. Oh yeah, I, no, I, yeah. I, mean, I see what you mean. I see what yeah. you mean. I think they, yeah, they meaningful they, wrestling in the yeah. other part too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I think that uh, they were they were the the beginning of that turning that corner where like every match on on AEW Dynamite in particular, but even Dark was had had some meaning and had something that you wanted to see out of it. So mm-hmm. I think yes. that uh, even if they were they were a symptom of that and not necessarily the catalyst for it, I, it's still important to to note that they yeah. were. They were they were part of that and, and a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's part of part yeah. of my vote. Yeah, very good point. And I think the the interesting thing too with this voting compared to some others, we don't have an honorable mention because we all voted pretty much the yeah. the same. And so I <laughs> think did, that too yeah. shows that you know not to say that other promotions don't have a focus on it, but the strongest came out of these tag teams associated with. Um, yeah. With, with AEW, but also, I mean, the Lucha Brothers in general, though, oh, um, so with, good. with AAA, I mean, they too, I mean, they, they, they just have had fantastic matches and you do think of, uh, a, a true tag team. And we yeah, spend a, a lot of time. You think yeah. of the Lucha Brothers. And, and that presence with now being more familiar to American audiences, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. really, really big. So, so for me, the the reason that the Lucha Brothers didn't get a top vote was that we didn't see them doing much as a tag team this year. Yeah, that was hard. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And 
we saw them more as solo guys or involved with Eddie Kingston than we did as a tag team necessarily Mm -hmm. towards the latter half. But when we consider them a larger tag team, we talked about this just now with Eva Lisa Diamante, but like these guys don't have to have any kind of words spoken between them or signal like the way they work together is just I mean, it's supernatural the way they can work together in the ring. And I love to see it. Some of the destroyers, like the double destroyers they do, are just beautiful. Things that we couldn't have even imagined people doing in wrestling 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, like, they have to be included for their impact in both wrestling at large and especially Lucha Libre. On an international scale, they're kind of the Lucha Libre tag team. That's yeah. what what brought them back up for sure. Yeah. They yeah. are the consummate lucha libre tag team. They mm-hmm. they didn't have the impact that Ivelisse and Diamante did this year, right. which is why I felt mm-hmm. that they deserved that first place. But they always deserve to be in the conversation for mm-hmm. for tag teams. Yeah. Well, and our our third place team, TH2. We talked about their kind of progression and evolution in AEW yeah. from starting off a lot at on dark. And that progression from dark to dynamite and, um, being, you know, contenders for the tag team championships, um, and Helico having a, a match recently with Cody Rhodes seemed like they're slowly moving their way up to, uh, I don't, I don't even know what you call it in AEW, not the main roster, but just more of that, that bigger picture. Yeah. Um, they're moving up the card. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and they're just fantastic. They are a solid tag team. Oh, too. so I mean, good. They've been working together for years, and to be on a, a platform like AEW is is um, amazing for them. I I, I said it last so week. Cool. I expect fully for them to be in the title tag team title scene oh, again, I and I think they too. should win the tag titles. I think I they do should too. take them from they're the Bucks. Legit competitors, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if anybody could take on the Bucks and kind of negate or at least equal their high flying, the kicks mm-hmm. and everything, it's Jack Evans and Angelico. These guys mm-hmm. get it to so yeah. many degrees, and we have seen Angelico do everything. He's got kind of a submission style now, but he can do anything and take all comers. And so I I don't see how TH2 can go through 2021 without becoming tag champions. Mm-hmm. Well, I I can, but it only is as testament to the AEW tag division. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. If they, they don't, it's not for their lack of doing. It's just because there was more going on. And maybe TH2, I would love to see them in the title picture, but maybe they don't need the titles because yeah, they're true. so yeah. good. Right. They can they can be upper card without without the uh, the the push of mm-hmm. having the belts, and that's why and. And the the tag team division in AEW is so deep and so robust that you can have tag team feuds that don't right. revolve around the belts. And that and is, yeah. It's so Go true. Ahead. And it would make so much more difference to somebody like the Acclaimed or Top Flight to become champions than yes. TH2. TH2 yeah. will still be in a very similar place before and after their championship. But one of the newer teams would not be in the same place before and after. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with TH2. But that's also part of the reason that they didn't get a higher vote for me, at least on the list. But a third place I felt very good about. Yes. Like they needed to be included. But I don't think they did as much as Lucha Bros this year, and they certainly didn't have the impact or just the 
the synergy and the electricity that Ivelisse and Diamante have this year. Okay. So before we get into our next three categories, Brendan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about LuchaCentral.com? Absolutely. Uh, if you're reading this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free. Free. My favorite price. Free. Absolutely. So go visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Right. So let's recap a bit as to where we're at. Uh, As far as the winners of our first three categories, we had Thunder Rosa winning Rising Star of the Year. We had Gientes del Aire. Uh, that was Hijo del Vikingo, Mysticis Jr., and Octagon Jr. winning trios of the year. And as we just mentioned, Ivalice and Diamante winning tag team of the year. So up next, well, that is our Luchadora of the Year category. And you know why? Because the banners change. That's, that's how we know. <laughs> Technology. Technology. So of our nominees, First, we have Avispa Dorada from CMLL, Thunder Rosa from NWA, AEW, Mission Pro, and pretty much anywhere, Triple uh, A, uh, Reina de la Reina's champion, and Impact Wrestling's Taya Valkyrie, Triple yeah. A's Lady Shawnee, and NXT's Raquel Gonzalez. In third place, we have Taya Valkyrie. Second place, Lady Shawnee, and first place, Thunder Rosa. So she is now a two-time award winner in the Witcher Central Weekly (laughs) Podcast English Edition 2020 End of Year Awards. That's going to be a really long plaque, but we'll we'll figure that out. (laughs) Maybe just get two plaques. Just no, yeah, no, no, no. Just just the whole name. If we just you know Lucha Central Weekly Podcast English Edition 2020. If we were to have plaques. She would have her own. She'd have two plaques, you know, because no, she's no, a I rising meant, star. I meant two plaques oh, just in the name. Just in um, the name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Works I mean, either way. Either way, man. So this isn't much of, of a surprise. We talked so much uh, about uh, Thunder Rosa earlier in the show with Rising Star of the Year. A lot of the same reasons uh, apply as far as just her her presence and and – what she's been able to do in this year. I mean, so many people I think struggled mm-hmm. with um, bookings being canceled, uh, not being able to work various promotions, events being canceled. And Thunder Rosa just took the ball and ran with it and said, that's not stopping me. She worked every promotion that she could. Um, a big change too with her own promotion, Mission Pro Wrestling. I think that that got a lot of recognition as just her work and efforts towards uh, women's wrestling and wanting to provide a, a space for women to grow and develop and, and flourish. And as you mentioned, uh, Dusty, now she's involved in uh, women's training um, as well. So yeah, I feel like too. she 
in itself has such a vested interest in women's wrestling and that comes through in her work and just the barriers that she was able to break this year is yeah, unprecedented. Incredible. Yeah, it, it really the, to be really a is. champion defending your title on another company's program. I mean, yep. on primetime TV like she was. How many people saw Thunder Rosa this year? What gave her the shoe in for me over somebody like Lady Shawnee, who was in second place, was the fact that she gives back with the Dog Pound mm-hmm. Dojo. And as soon as these girls from the dojo were ready, she's got them on AW Dark. You know, like she is really doing everything she can to help other women, other luchadoras and the wrestling community. And that to me is so impactful and meaningful beyond her ring work and her, you know, her everything that she did this year, the showing up on Dynamite, winning the NWA title. That's incredible. And that alone would, probably make her number one but the way that she has been able to give back to wrestling and especially to women's wrestling um jazz is a trainer at her dojo and so it's really cool you know what they've been able to do the the girls were on aw dark last week so it's just yeah i am so impressed with what she does and i can't wait to see more out of mission pro and the dog pound dojo from Thunder Rosa. So that's what gave her the shoe in for me. So uh, I'm going to have to piggyback a little bit on this. Um, To to your point about her giving back, uh, last year I had the opportunity to talk with her uh, at an event while she was, for some reason, and I have no idea, this won't happen now, nobody was hanging out at her birthday party. Yeah, never again. Yeah, never never again. again. So, so I got you I got were the, there, man. You remember those were the good days the good when you days. the good old days when you just days. got to talk with Thunder Rosa one on one. Yeah, no, it was great. And um, and so I said to her, I said because I, I watch her her vlogs and and I follow her social media presence, I just said I said I really appreciate all of the obvious work you're putting in to uh, elevating women's wrestling and make and and making it women's wrestling a a bigger presence in the world of wrestling. Absolutely. She is. That's so much what she's doing. And she just looked at me and said, there's so much more work that needs to be done. And I, I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied until it it is done. Like she didn't, she did not take the compliment and and just let it, let it lay there. She's she's like, (laughs) no, I'm not done yet. So, so she's always, always in the back of my head as a result yeah. of that. Like, uh, and, and one of the things that I'm referring to, sorry, Miranda, I'm going to, no, 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 go. <laughs> is, uh, we had a couple of years ago, you had the controversy with, uh, Mia Khalifa saying that she didn't respect wrestling on TV and you can have your opinions, whether that was a shoot or a work or whatever. Right. The person who stepped up to that to show her what wrestling was all about was Thunder Rosa. She put her in Absolutely. a ring. Did all of that and like that was that and was she because, did it in a fair way. She didn't right. just get in there and act like Stu Hart and twist her up and no. who's tough now? You know, I mean, it wasn't that. Yeah. I mean, no. there was a chop that was pretty serious. But you yeah, can't learn lucha libre without a chop. You can't, yeah. you can't learn lucha libre without getting chopped. That's just part of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to echo. I think something that the reason why she said there, she didn't just take the compliment. That doesn't seem like that's the type of person she is. No. She doesn't seem to be complacent with no. just yeah. some, and, and I think that's what we see in her work is that she's not complacent 
with with the level of success that she's had. She's always pushing to do more. And so that's how she, I'm sure, even ended up on AEW, is wanting to push boundaries, yep. wanting to do more, wanting to explore things that have not been done in women's wrestling or just work between wrestling promotions. And so I feel like that's why not only do we imagine her as a rising star, because we absolutely imagine that that's only going to grow, but as a luchadora, you see that in her styles and in the versatility, understanding and learning Japanese wrestling, of course, lucha libre, mixing that in with with uh, MMA, understanding the, the the U.S. style. Just she truly does blend so much within oh, her work, mm-hmm. and that's such. It's it's just it's uh, amazing. It's it's just something that leaves yeah. a lot of people in awe. So um, I think that that is an obvious choice, but also I think very much just a reflection of her work ethic and how she views herself and also where wrestling can continue to grow. I do want to jump in real quick and talk a little bit about Lady Shawnee because yes. she is someone that yeah. we mentioned that didn't have as many matches. As Thunder Rosa, um, she's had a really uh, important place within the AAA women's division. And so I want to get your guys' thoughts, too, uh, on Lady Shawnee coming in at number two, because that was fairly unanimous. I know, Brendan, you actually put her over uh, ahead, uh, and I think it had a lot to do with some of the conversation that we had last week, but I just wanted to give you guys a second to kind of express your thoughts on, on Lady Shawnee coming in uh, in second place. Um, yeah, I, I put her ahead of, uh, Taya, who was our, our third place winner, uh, purely because, oh, no, I put her in first place. I, I'm, she I'm did, crazy. Yeah. 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 There we go. Um, I, it, she, she has been, um, on the, on, on the solid working side. She's been doing things that were, you know, good for, for her spot in AAA, good for keeping the women elevated. I'm just, uh, so Thunder Rosa has been been a rising star meteor. It's hard a force that's hard to argue with. But Lady Shawnee has been a strong pillar of yes of the community there, the Lucha Libre women's community. And uh, I, I just we I when we were talking about it, a couple things that Dusty said really convinced me to go from a second place to a first place vote. Um, and then I just really felt like she was, uh, a, so Thunder Rosa is kind of transcendent and almost beyond just Luchadora in some ways. Absolutely. Now. You're talking about an actual Luchadora. I felt like Lady Shawnee was emblematic of what a Luchadora of the year looked like. That's kind of yep. why I, I went with that. That's very and, fair. And she had a huge presence this year. She was at Lucha Fighters. She was at Auto Luchas. Mm-hmm. She was um, at Triple Mania, of course. She had a run-in in the main event after yeah. the Copa Femenil. Um, I mean, we we really saw a lot of Lady Shawnee this year in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a huge part of the AAA merchandising now. You know, ahead mm-hmm. of Auto Luchas, there was a lot of merchandising, and we saw, you know, even like windshield visors and stuffed animals of Lady Shawnee. During the COVID experience, when masks were hard to find early on, a woman went viral in Cancun for wearing a Lady Shawnee mask. I love that story. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> and so, like, Lady Shawnee is really that level. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible how high up she is, how well-respected she is. Taya, always, anytime Taya talks about Lady Shawnee, it's always in the best terms. Yeah. She 
you know, really thinks highly of her. And so we're in good company if Taya agrees with this. You know, this is one of the yeah. most important luchadoras. And that's, so, that's yeah, it's, it's just, she's incredible. And her presence this year has, she's been around more than most women in AAA. Mm-hmm. This year, and she's wrestled everybody, of course, La Idra, but you know, she had matches with Big Mommy this year. We saw her, um, you know, in the Copa Femenil. We, she, she wrestled everybody. And so, yeah. yeah, for all those reasons, like she was just so active this year and, you know, did the best, made lemonade out of lemons when 2020 yeah. came and did everything she could to help AAA and to, you know, kind of launch herself up. And she's really at the top two time Raina Duran as champion. And I think soon to be a third time if Taya loses to anybody, I think it'd probably be Shawnee. So we'll see what yep. happens. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. And I do agree with what Brendan said, as far as you're looking at more of what you understand of a luchadora to be. And when I, I do think of that, you know, she is just so well regarded and loved by the public, especially by kids. She is that oh, top yeah. technica. And and speaking of her Yavis or some of I, I love seeing those oh, man. Her yeah, matches. They're just incredible. some of the best. So, you know, we, we talk to about, you know, with, with some people you look in the dictionary and you find them a, a picture of them in a definition. I mean, she is the top face she is the top technique. she is yeah and so i i absolutely agree it was when you look at it from that perspective you can absolutely see um how she she won second place and with taya coming in at third i think a lot of it really was more from from what you guys had said too i mean prior to covid and, and um absolutely. even now just her world presence She's even everywhere. Though, yeah, yeah. yeah, she, she, she really defended is. the title overseas. I don't know how many, I mean, I didn't have time to do research, but I would wager it's very rare to defend Dorena Dorena's championship in England. Mm-hmm. And so that's really cool that she got yeah. to do those things this year. Yeah, and and again, I mean, she is still La Reina's de la Reina's champion. Absolutely. She still has the respect uh, of Lucha Libre and incorporates that in her style, both in and out of the ring. Um, I, you know, I think that it would be different if this year we didn't have the pandemic. I think we would have seen so much from her, but she also has such oh, a really have, strong, consistent presence in on Impact Wrestling. Um, and it seems like that's where she may be staying for, you know, the, the immediate future. Um, and maybe it is because of the fact that she has so much flexibility working with other promotions and, and going overseas by staying with an impact over a AEW or, or WWE. But I think that she still also helps carry the tradition of Lucha Libre into a U.S. audience. Um, and Absolutely. almost in a mainstream too. So that she, she continues to do even through this year. And again, it's a unique style of Lucha Libre. She's not mm-hmm. jumping off the top rope. I mean, she was in Peros de Mall. This is a violent, uh, yeah, she's a physical. brawler. Yeah. She's a and brawler. That's what we love. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. One of the most iconic Taya matches I can think of right now is the brawl she had with Hamada. Yes. But, yeah. Yes. That is an incredible match. She had yeah. the blood all over her yep. face. Yep. Yeah. That was Tim's kind of mess. like when old school, when you thought of Taya, that was one of the images you thought of. Mm-hmm. She kissed Pero at the end of the match and had the, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, so a hey, congratulations to Thunder Rosa, our luchadora of the year. Up next, Brendan, you have our next category. 
Our next category is Luchador of the Year. So, you know, very much like the uh, the last category, only with the gentleman. Our first nominee is Independent Star, Laredo Kid. Uh, our second nominee is AEW and AAA Star, Penta L0M or Penta Pentagon Jr. Our third nominee is uh, Octagon Jr. out of AAA. Our fourth nominee is Santos Escobar out of NXT, or you might have known him under another name, uh, which he performed under this year. And every time I go to say it, I, it shoots right out of my head. Four uh, K. <laughs> yes, he was even but he was a ball. He would defense. Yeah. I've We're got, just gonna stick with a whole different basketball yeah, right now. It's it's so weird because I kept I couldn't say Santos Escobar forever. I kept calling him Eo de Fantasma. Yeah, there's now, always those little mind blocks <laughs> that we have. I don't know what it is, but I stall constantly on names. I always have them on the tip of my tongue, and then I just like stop. I just my head just won't let won't let me catch up with my my mouth. But uh, that, that's why we're a trio ourselves. That's why we help each other out. We're a true trio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And our last nominee was Echicero out of CMLL. Um, and we covered a lot of why last week, why a lot of these people are on there. I'm going to once again throw out uh, Echicero got our honorable mention nod. Uh, so he, this may be not, maybe like the, the, only the second or third time you've ever heard us talking about him on the show. And that's only because he's, uh, he's in CMLL and, it's sometimes hard for his product to get through to us. So, uh, yeah. we have, we have matches on Lucha Central that he's in and we have, uh, I've, CMLL has him all over their YouTube channel. So if you're hearing about him now, go check him out. Um, our third place winner was Santos Escobar or Eo del Fantasma. Fantasma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, our second place winner was Laredo Kid and the big winner, which again listeners of the show regularly will not be surprised by this, but it is Pentagon Juniors slash Penta L Zero M. Um Dusty, I know you're probably chomping at the bit to talk about Penta again, so just oh, go yeah. like <laughs> what a year he had. That match against Kenny Omega, um the matches against Phoenix on Dynamite, being tag team champion with Phoenix and AAA, his work at Lucha Fighter, I believe he was at one of the Auto Lucha shows. I mean, he did everything he could to get out there and perform for people this year when it was like such a sad and hard year for everybody to kind of give us that entertainment and to put his own health on the line was really respectful and admirable of Pentagon. And again, those matches with Phoenix, that showed people so much more of what Lucha Libre could be on Dynamite, especially the second one. They went hard. The the mask Terry and the blood, you know, I mean, like that was an intense mm-hmm. match. And it was incredible. And so many people told me afterwards, were like, man, I didn't know those luchadors could wrestle like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like yeah. that's what they're great at. So he's opening people's eyes to what Lucha can be and kind of. You know, expanding the greater consciousness of Lucha Libre and the more casual fan and the more, you know, like the family oriented watchers and whatnot. And so that is really exciting and incredible for what he's been able to do this year. 
Yeah, I I think just the work that he's been able to do between two major promotions, AAA and AEW. And, and be a um, star yeah. in both. Yes, and yeah. be a star in, in both. I mean, I feel like that's, again, pretty un- unprecedented to do that around the same time. And um, I think being able to almost flip a little bit back to that uh, heel Penta that we saw in uh, Lucha Fighter and, and also in AEW, you know, that is the bread and butter. Like, that is the moneymaker Penta. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think even in the limited capacity, a fantastic year. And and also, to the credit, it shows you don't have to win a championship to be successful in a year. It's you have mm-hmm. consistently no, you great yeah. matches. You have a, a presence that, that draws people. Um, that's what people will remember. And I feel mm-hmm. like out of this year, out of all of the luchadors listed, he has had the most memorable year. He really has. And I don't know if he even needs a title at this point. He's kind of like the undertaker where you don't need a title to enjoy him and that he can be the top guy with or without it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter either way. He still can be a top guy and it, only elevates the title now at this point when he has it because his right. name recognition and his star power is kind of beyond all of that. Like it would be amazing if he got to be AEW world champion, but I don't know that the tag team championship for Lucha Bros would even mean that much at this point. And so, you know, like it's incredible what he's done for himself. And this yep. year he has really shown and done everything he can to be out there and you know and i mean we mentioned it last week with the um auto lucha when a lot of people were staying in you know and were scared especially when covid was early he went out and did the auto lucha shows and made it all the way to the finals you know he won auto lucha and that was a real surprise for me especially when dr wagner and la park were involved oh you 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 mean lucha fighter lucha fighter i'm sorry lucha fighter Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, like just so much going on for Pentagon this year. He really, Absolutely. and we saw the return of the old school Lucha Underground Pentagon Jr. We yeah. want that badass. Yeah. We saw that in both the Lucha Fighter tournament and in the Phoenix versus Penta too. Yes. And yes. so that's really what we've wanted for so long. And that payoff was fantastic this year mm-hmm. on the way for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, he got my vote because, we, as we discussed, he is the literal face of Lucha Libre right now. Yes, gonna, yeah. We talked about it last week, but, like, I have this lucha-mask.com mask, and when I wear this out in public, people recognize it. It's it's not a it's it's not just like a space reserved for Rey Mysterio anymore. Absolutely, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. broadening the consciousness on luchadors. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, that alone, the fact that he is so universally recognized and so transcendent at this point is the main reason he got, uh, he got my big vote is, um, he's, you can't compare to that. You can't compare to the amount of things that he brings to the, uh, to the table just by being who he is. Mm-hmm. Agree. And, uh, I mean, I think a, a lot can be said too for our second place winner, Laredo Kid. Yes, yeah, um, so who's had such a, a fantastic year. This was someone that we didn't get to see as much of, um, Absolutely. just because of, of limitations, but when he wrestled, it felt, it just mattered. Like he just it knew really did. you were going and to get something uh, every, amazing. 
he was my number one pick for Luchador of the Year because every match he was in this year was a match of the year contender. I mean, everything he did, I mean, like, and clear up until the Kenny Omega match, somehow he elevated himself. You'd be like, how can he do more? How can he better? And he would. You know, you just, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he got better every time this year. And to be at that level already and to keep elevating yourself and to keep growing and expanding and developing talent beyond and to innovate the way he has is just incredible. Yeah. And it was like, like we say, Kenny Omega handpicked him for the championship match. Mm-hmm. You know, that was somebody he really wanted to wrestle after seeing the Rado kid wrestle. Kenny Omega was like, that's the guy. That's the guy I want to wrestle. And that's incredible for somebody to handpick you like that. You know, world champion. Kenny Omega has been all over Japan. He's world champion now and AEW. And out of everybody he could have wrestled in AAA, that was – and he's Laredo's not even a AAA guy. He's independent. AAA mm-hmm. made it happen anyway because that's who Kenny wanted to wrestle. Yeah. It's just so cool. And I mean, like he had a fantastic year. His appearance at um, Lucha Fighter was amazing. He had two match of the year candidates two weeks in a row at Auto Lucha. So he had a match of the year candidate at Triple Mania. Just everything he touched turned to platinum this year. And he, his look is fantastic. The masks and everything. He is just so next level and gets it down to his core in a way that so few do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just want to throw out because I, I recalculated, re-looked at the points here. This is the only category where everybody that was nominated got some support. So, mm-hmm. uh, I should meant I didn't mention Octagon Jr. also should have been in the honorable mention because someone voted for him. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, this, this is so so you have you have all kinds of the representation going on here. You have mm-hmm. we had a, a great series of candidates and I feel like Laredo the difference between Laredo Kid and Penta L Zero M for most of us was just really like yeah. it was you know, we had to, to sit there and weigh it Very out. Very close. But, it was because we yeah. didn't see Penta more, you know, like we yeah. see him on Dynamite and he's mm-hmm. more international. Well, and, and you so know, it's more to tip it, yeah. To the point with the like I was talking about with the difference between Thunder Rosa and Lady Shawnee, it's almost the same thing. Like mm-hmm. Penta is mm-hmm. on a different level. If like if there didn't exist a Penta, Laredo Kid would be an easy shoe in for absolutely Luchador of the yeah. Year. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, okay. it's it's hard when you have somebody who is the literal face of the Mexican style of professional wrestling. Yeah. To to yeah. win out win out in that category, so yeah. absolutely. Now, I feel like some of that can be applied to Santos Escobar, who is in third place. Um, but I think it's just too. been this has been more of a year of change and growth for him. Um, and I feel like it's very so possible much. that he can continue to grow in the next mm-hmm. year. But we saw this transformation away from Hijo del Fantasma to Santos Escobar, and it just clicked. And we just saw this other side to him and, and creating Legado de Fantasma that put Lucha Libre on its head in, in WWE. And so I feel like that was 
definitely one of the reasons why I put a vote in for him, mm-hmm. um, just because of the transformation that we've seen this year. Uh, oh, someone yeah. that was, and, and to be honest, he's only been working for WWE this year. I think his first match was part of that 205, uh, or the Cruiserweight, uh, championship yeah. tournament. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, the Cruiserweight championship tournament. And so the fact that he's done so much in, literally less than a year when you think about it is a pretty big testament to him. And my hope is that he continues to, to develop and Legado de Fantasma continues to, to grow individually, but he is really that mechanism for it to happen. And NXT is a perfect place for him right now because we've seen what happens on Raw and SmackDown and it's like, no, do not (laughs) keep, keep him, keep Legado, keep him all in NXT for as long as possible because there's yeah, this sense of edginess and cool. And I also feel like that's one of the reasons, too, why Penta is – you talked about The Undertaker, too, as kind of this correlation of not needing a title. Mm-hmm. I think Penta is making Lucha Libre feel cool, feel badass. It's so cool and badass and dark. And, yes. yeah, like he just does a great job about it. He makes it something you want to be. Yes. So yeah. uh, I feel like Legado as well as making it something a little bit more mature, a little bit more uh, adult yeah. and serious. Um, and again, you could see in the ring, he has wonderful matches. And I think, again, it's very different because in, in WWE, even in NXT, you know, he's only going to be having, you know, 10 minute matches tops. And there's yeah. still problems with, with WWE not putting the Cruiserweight Championship on NXT takeovers. Like, I feel like those things so weird. hinder yeah. him and hinder the championship. But this is, I think, is an example, though, of how both he needed the championship and the championship needed him and uh both have benefited from this mutual kind of resurgence redevelopment like regrowth whatever re this is but yes. i feel like yes. the cruiserweight championship now has been taken much more seriously and and it almost feels more valid uh, than it did not not to say you know anything about the previous champion as far as the technical ability, but I feel like Santos is bringing the full package to yeah, the he really championship. Is. He was what they needed. I mean, like, they they tried so hard to get there a few times and just couldn't figure it out, couldn't get the right guy, but he was what they needed, and he weighs 204 pounds, so it's easy mm-hmm. to move up beyond yeah. the cruiserweight, and, you know, if he just has some Arby's that day, he can... Yeah, you, know, you never know. Go wrestle for the heavyweight championship. So I like it. I, I, I love his whole positioning there. The whole way they've set him up as champion is fantastic. When, I mean, he, he can use so many things to his advantage, but when he's in the clutch and it's just him, he can still pull off the win, you know, and like that's yeah. so cool. And yeah. yeah, he just really, he's a special guy and they treat him like a special guy. Yeah, I, I think. The only reason that he didn't do better in our voting was just, uh, he didn't do, he hasn't reached the, his, the height mm-hmm. of his potential yet. Yes. That's absolutely yeah. it. He's still on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So again, a big congratulations to our luchador of the year, Penta El Cero. Yeah. Now our final award of the night. Dusty, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, we have the match of the year. This is the big one. Our nominees were Titan versus Soberano Jr., Santos Escobar versus Drake Maverick, Pentagon versus Io del Vikingo, 
at uh, Lucha Fighter, uh, Penta versus Phoenix 2 at AEW, and Kenny Omega versus Laredo Kid at Triple Mania 28. Uh, Titan versus Silverano was at the CMLL anniversary show, the 87th anniversary show. Yeah. And Santos Escobar versus Drake Maverick was on NXT. And so our third place winner, we actually had a tie. It was tied Titan versus Soberano Jr. Uh, and also Kenny Omega versus Laredo Kid. Our second match or second place was Pentagon versus Il Del Vikingo at Auto or at Lucha Fighter rather for AAA. And our winner was Penta versus Phoenix number two for AEW. And th- what a fantastic match. We've yeah. spoken about it here mentioning Penta, but oh my gosh, this was a, a national television return to the Pentagon Jr. We remembered. They really set him up as a mm-hmm. badass, and it helped for the surprise so much with the family because they really just beat the hell out of each other. But yeah. then when the family kind of split immediately, Penta was, you know, like he can fight his brother, but you can't fight his brother. And so he, you know, he immediately sided with his brother and it's such great storytelling and added so much to their story and their presence and their placement in AEW that I am just so, I mean, like I've rewatched this match probably 15 times since it first aired. It's fantastic everything about it there's nothing where you're like oh why'd they do that no like there is no filler anywhere in the match they just go as hard as they possibly can the whole time Mm -hmm. and it is amazing yes yeah i you know i just that they really played up the family dynamic they really played up that this is the second time we're seeing it they played up the implications of this as well as as you know who's going to be earning that title opportunity there was just so much to it that i felt really added to the backstory of the match um and i i just i just loved just the, the visceral so aggression. I just, for yeah. me, it just really sold me, um, in it. And I wasn't expecting it, to be honest, because when you think of, you know, those types of brother versus brother or, you know, family members or best friends, like, I don't ever see them get that vicious. But Penta was like, F it. And like, they just went, I felt like it was Penta, especially when the mask ripping happened, like, oh my he, gosh, they didn't, yeah. they didn't care. So, no. I, I loved, I loved that, you know, again, for me, storytelling is much more what I'm drawn to as a wrestling Absolutely. fan. And, and so I felt like that had just so many layers of, of story to it than some of these other ones on there. And that's just what sold me. So, so what really got me on this is this is, we're back to Pentagon being the, the face of, of Lucha Libre, but this was the most high profile Lucha Libre match probably up until Triple Mania. Like, mm-hmm. at the, the, yeah. the world really saw this and, and it was two authentic luchadors doing an authentic lucha style match. Yeah. Um, like it was, I, I, so for me, this category, I was trying to, my, my parameters is I was looking for real Lucha Libre. Like yeah. I, uh, I, I, I did nominate something that I thought was a really good, people are going to try and call me out on it. I did nominate the, the Escobar Drake Maverick match because yes. I thought it was really good storytelling, but the category that I was really looking for was, uh, was authentic Lucha Libre matches. I really, yeah. To have matches that were representative of that. Um, 
That's uh, what pushed this above something like Kenny versus the Rado Kid for me. It was yeah. It, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. it was a real lucha, that there were two luchadors in it. And, and doing 100% lucha style stuff. Absolutely. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, the mass tearing, the, the, the brawling, just the, that, that odd mix of technical match and brawling and, and Yaves and dive and topes. Like, I mean, it was, yeah, if I wanted to point a mainstream wrestling fan to Lucha Libre, I could point to that match yeah. and say, watch that. That's what you can expect from good Lucha Libre. You absolutely um, could. Yeah, it's like a clinic in Lucha yeah. Libre. Yeah. It's yeah. like, like a 10-minute clinic for American yeah. fans. It really is. Yeah, I, I mean, like, so my complaint a lot of the time, you know, is that Lucha Libre gets hybridized. It got it got rebranded as being all about high flying, based on the popularity of of uh, high flyers. Yeah. Well, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, like, because that's what, he redefined Lucha Libre as being a lot about high flying. But this shows more of the pure roots of Lucha Libre, as well as the kind of violent fighting. So that's, I mean, it's why it got a a, a big old vote for me. Yeah, that that was one of the reasons why I chose the Pentagon Jr. at that point for the AAA Lucha Fighter versus Io Del Vikingo was there was just there was a lot of high flying and dives, but this was just Lucha for me. Like it just felt like Lucha when I watched it and it went so beautifully. It was like I said, people still share. I saw videos this morning of it online where people were sharing the. Um, 450 off the second rope video clip of that again. There was just so many moments within the match that were just fantastic. And everything felt like every time they hit a big move, you're like, is this the end? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't, you know, then there'd be something else. And they, I mean, it, it wasn't a marathon. It was a sprint and they went Mm, as hard and as fast as they could go. And it was just, so fantastic. I mean, I could not, you cannot imagine the precision that they are able to commit to and engage in at the speed that they're moving. It's just fantastic and yeah. unbelievable. Like it, yeah, it's just incredible. And I thought it was the highlight and the best match of the whole Lucha Fighter tournament for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I'm, best pure match. I mean, the highlight of, for me, of course, was seeing, uh, it would have been either the antics of Mr. Iguana or getting to see, yeah, yeah. Or getting to see Dr. Wagner do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But match, match wise. Ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so match good. wise. And, and again, too, this wasn't too long. I believe around the same time, um, they were just finishing up the MLW AAA uh, matches it was, or yeah. showing them. So in some ways it just, you kind of got a different sense of what Eho the Vikingo could do. But yeah. at the same time, it was different. Um, than those matches. And so you, I think at that time, fans were still kind of feeling out what an empty arena match and Mm. an event looked like. And the fact that they did so well with nobody there, like, I think absolutely, that was was the best empty arena match ever. Yes. Yes. And the best AAA match of the year. I mean, it really was like they just, I mean, again, we talk about a primer and a clinic in Lucha. You can show people that video, and you're like, this is also Lucha. This is mm-hmm. the same guy. He can also do this. I mean, it blow their minds. It, yeah. It's the bookends. I mean, and, and it's Pentagon, too. He can do everything. Mm-hmm. 
And and so there's no mistake that Pentagon is in two of the, you know, three top matches. You know, like it's obvious he's the guy and he does so well at it. I, I do have to point out, like, uh his Phoenix is what a lot of mainstream people turn to and and uh he's nowhere on this list. I don't that's not really a slight on him. He's a fantastic no. wrestler. Yeah. But but I mean we just are so the 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 persona, the presence, everything the else yeah. of, of of Penta is really just so next level that a wrestler like Phoenix who is would is fantastic uh just clearly wasn't on our minds to the same degree that that uh, Penta was. Yeah. Okay. He just he has that Genesequa that Phoenix doesn't have right now that makes him so compelling and you just can't take your eyes off the Pentagon. You know, he his physical presence, just his you know, his being is somehow more alluring to your eye right now, especially. And he I mean, and part of it's the the tweener Rudo style that we get Pentagon. Everybody loves Rudo and but he just his body language, everything, he gets it. And I feel like Phoenix isn't quite there, but almost. And, yeah. But I've felt that way since Lucha Underground, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bigger Pentagon fan. I I mean, that's, I think there's something to be said yeah. for that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the, you're leaning more. We, Who knows? Who knows what the next year yeah. will bring? Maybe next time when we do this, we'll have different thoughts. Or maybe I'll have the same exact, I guess. We have the video footage to prove it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, uh, a lot of people in the world really know, love and know Phoenix. Like he also yes, had a yes. big cult following all incredible. the way back to Lucha Underground. And, and I love Phoenix, but in terms of the best, I don't know that he's necessarily in that conversation for me yeah. or most Lucha fans right now, unfortunately. No. Not yet. Yeah. I do want to talk about the balance between our two third uh, place matches because one is, you know, two two different sets of votes for this, but one is is one uh, that probably wasn't as seen as much as the other. Um, so I'm very interested in getting your guys' thoughts as far as maybe the comparability or differences between Kenny Omega, Laredo Kid, and, and Titan versus uh, Sobriano Jr. Well, they were both on the biggest show of the year for their respective company. They were both held kind of in weird circumstances. They both went viral. Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but that's kind of where the similarities end. With Kenny Omega versus Laredo Kid, you had Kenny Omega coming to Mexico and kind of trying to help elevate AAA as much as anything, as much as himself at least. And with Titan versus Soberano Jr., these are guys that have tagged together. Um, they have a history together. We've seen them build that up in CMLL, and so it was really exciting to see them wrestle each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just a lot of difference, but they, I mean, the the Soberano-Titan match, that's probably not going to be mentioned by as many people, but it was just as exciting. It just didn't have the name brand recognition mm-hmm. that Kenny Omega brought to Triple Mania. Yeah. I had to go digging deep to find that. Like I was talking about, I wanted to bring an authentic Lucha match to to this because as much 
as I love that AEW is giving us and MLW. We we didn't put up any MLW matches, but they're yeah. both going out of their way to give us authentic Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. ROH is giving us luchadors in an environment where luchadors can flourish. Yeah, I I really wanted an authentic Lucha Libre match to be in the conversation for. Yeah. Our batch of the year because I, we are at the end of the day, we are a lucha show. We're not a wrestling, a yeah. straight up wrestling show. Yeah. So, um, that I, I, to, to what, to back up what Dusty's saying, it's like it was on a much, it's on a much smaller scale. Fewer people that are outside of the lucha circles are going to even be talking about that match, but, um, it did, it, it, like we talked about last week, it managed to break out of that bubble. Yeah. So that is, I feel like, where it really mm-hmm. it's shown versus everybody in the world was watching Kenny Omega and Laredo Kid because of all of the antics of Kenny Omega on on AEW and this whole the the shifting of the balance of power of wrestling, as Tony Khan puts it. So it's it's not comparable at all because they they were. Uh, in my opinion, actually, they, they had to have a good match. Like, Kenny Omega and Laredo Kid had to live up to the hype. Yeah, they yeah. did. Whereas, it was important. Uh, yeah, whereas Titan and Sobronario had, uh, they had a match they, that they were trying to live, that the, in the past that they were trying to live up to, but they could have had a perfectly adequate match and nobody would have cared. They would have been like, thank you for giving us that match, yep. you know, and, uh. Nice match, guys. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it would have been that way, though. I mean, it would have. Yeah. Been like, that was nice. I enjoyed that. You know, that's fun. <laughs> but they really brought it and it, yeah. it elevated it beyond just a match to being something special, especially for the anniversario show. Yes, yes exactly. Very good point. Well, again, congratulations to our match of the year winner, Penta versus Phoenix 2. From AEW Dynamite. And there you have it. Uh, we'll give you the winners once again. Just to wrap up our 2020 End Year Awards. Uh, for Rising Star of the Year. We had Thunder Rosa winning that category. Trios of the Year. Gientes del Aire. Uh, Hijo del Kingo. Mysticis Jr. and Octagon Jr. winning that yeah. category. Uh, Tag Team of the Year. Ivalice and Diamante. From AEW. Luchadora of the Year. Once again, Thunder Rosa, our first time two, yeah, uh, first award two time, first yeah. two time award winner. Uh, Luchadora of the Year, Penta El Cero M and Match of the Year, Penta versus Phoenix two from AEW. So let us know your thoughts on social media. Uh, let's, we'll jump in. We'll give you our social medias first. I know I usually have yeah. a rhythm to this, but you know what? It's the end of the year. Uh, we do what we want around here. Uh, yeah. so yes, if, if Check you, if, if you have any thoughts on our picks, on our winners, go ahead and reach out to us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners and viewers find you? You can find me at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy or at Instagram at Dusty Murphy. I know a lot of people got masks for Christmas or use their Christmas money for masks. Send me those pictures. I want to see what you got. I love Ooh, them. Yeah. yeah so uh, send your Lucha Libre mask yeah, or your Lucha Dash masks. I'll show you what uh, I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your Lucha mask. Any Lucha mask. I want to see it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, where can our listeners and viewers find you? All right, I am three two one T-shirt guy. That's the numbers three two one and T-shirt guy is spelled out. 
and I am on the Facebook, I'm on the Instagram, and I'm on the Twitter, like literally all the time. I'm I'm on it right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. I am not on Twitter, so go ahead and follow 321 T-Shirt Guy. He is my uh, official uh, Twitter bypass slash Twitter messaging slash Says Twitter it on aficionado. My profile and everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how we help each other out. But let us know your thoughts uh, on our end of year awards, the nominees, and the award winners, even our categories. Uh, feel free to give us suggestions on categories and people that we should be looking at for 2021. Yeah. Also, don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can also check out the YouTube page. That may be where you found this lovely video. If you are still on the YouTube page, go ahead and check it out. You'll see lots yeah. of interviews and matches, uh, tons of information that you can find not only on LuchaCentral.com, but also the Lucha Central YouTube page. You got I know lots of people have some time off over the, the holidays, so if you're looking for some great content to watch, you can find it on the Lucha Central yeah. YouTube page. Absolutely. And speaking Look down of there content, for videos, yes, there. for down yeah. there, wherever we're pointing, yeah. and just the whole thing, down. the whole thing. Yes, down, down there. <laughs> check, check out the- <laughs> watch our videos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and speaking of catching up, well, you can listen to all of the previous episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, English and Spanish edition. Uh, we're part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com, but you can also find us on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Google, uh, Spotify, Podbay, iHeartRadio, uh, all the other ones I'm forgetting right now. We're yeah, pretty much everywhere. Speaker, yeah, speaker. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just, just all of it. Go ahead and check out all the previous episodes. Uh, and of course, even last week's episodes where we review and talk about all of the nominees, uh, for the 2020 end of year awards and leave us a review. Go ahead and rate us. Let us know your thoughts too. Um, you can leave them there or again, you could reach out to us on social media. We had a lot of fun putting these lists together, mm-hmm. these categories. So we appreciate all of you who listened or viewed this week's and last week's episodes and also all of the episodes that we've had this year we are at 30 plus episodes of the lucha central weekly podcast english edition and that is all thanks to our listeners and viewers so a big thank you i'm actually gonna let each of us have a few minutes to kind of share our thoughts on 2020 anything that uh, we'd like to share with our listeners with our fans uh just as a a way to uh wrap things up so i'm gonna start with Dusty. Dusty, any kind of final words you have for our, our fans, our listeners? Yeah, I'm, I just want to thank everybody for listening this year, 2020, and uh, Lucha Central really helped make a lot of my dreams come true with this podcast. We've gotten to interview and talk to a lot of luchadors and interact with them on a way that I never thought was possible for somebody like me, so that's been really special. And, you know, on a larger note for 2020, the rest of 2020 and 2021 going forward, I hope everybody stays home, stays safe, stays healthy, and do what you can. Brendan, All right. next. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm in the 
going to echo a little bit of that. I, I yeah. really appreciate everyone that has, uh, tuned in and, and helped us really feel like we're, we've, we're doing something special and important. I, I recognize that, uh, you know, we, we are, as a show, we're growing and our audience is, is, is hopefully growing with us. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everybody that's been here, whether you just got here or you've been here since day one. And, and it just really, I, I love hearing everything from you guys. Like mm-hmm. I always, I would all in every episode, I knew I would say something that I knew wasn't fa- probably factual and I'd get called out on it. And I jokingly say, I look forward to the internet correcting me on that, but it's true. Yeah. I do, I do look forward to hearing yeah. from you guys. And if it takes me being wrong to do it, I'll do that. But I'd rather, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, since this is going to be part of the new year show, uh, the, there's the old adage of new year, new me. That's, that's not what we want to, I want to do. I want to keep putting up the same great stuff you like. Absolutely. I will happily, we'll happily add stuff or, or make changes for you. But I feel like, uh, We've got, we've got a kind of the, a good start and we don't need to really try and reimagine things. So thank you for, for sticking with us. Uh, a big thank you again to, to the listeners. I always say that because I'm always really appreciative. We all are. Yeah. Um, that someone takes the time every week to listen to this podcast. Um, it means a lot to, to all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that is still, you know, a new venture as we started earlier this year. Uh, but it's been a pleasure and a joy to bring, uh, you the news, events, matches, thoughts, opinions of what's been happening in Lucha Libre. So again, just a a great thank you. A great thank you to LuchaCentral.com, Kevin Kleinrock, um, who is our, you know, jokingly overload. Yes. (laughs) May not know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich, but knows how to run a successful website in several Lucha ventures. So Yeah, you can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> if anything i enjoy the fact that he has a weakness because he also goes yes. without sleep so. yeah he sleeps like three hours a night for real yes. crazy yes. i don't know how he does and he's it. still able no matter, to do all of this well so no yeah. matter what time of day and night you text kevin he texts you right back right back yes, he's, he's amazing <laughs> like uh, all of the podcasts on the Lucha Central Podcast Network, uh, seeing all of those podcasts and, and interacting uh, with the group from Masks Mask, Mask, Mask yeah. and Mayhem, uh, the uh, Jerry Villagrana, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's just been a lot of great people that we've interacted with. Uh, great shout out to our producer, Greg, uh, who helps get this up every week. Thank you so and DeMarco. much, Greg. Greg. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a big thank you to all of you for listening for watching for interacting with us uh we hope to continue that with you next year we hope to bring you more content more interviews more great things we hope that there's uh, amazing things on the horizon for everyone uh and we'll keep on doing it again so for brendan barr and dusty murphy i'm Rana morales we will be back next week we will be back next year Don't count us out yet. So, everyone, take care. Enjoy. Stay safe. We'll see you on the other side. Adios, amigos. Happy New Year. 